Hey, I told you we're going to dissect every single freaking resume there is in NCAA basketball today. But I'm also going to tell you about something going on that I think you're going to absolutely love at uh, ESPN over the first week before the game start, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, at All-A-Marathon that we're having at ESPN. And the man behind it, the most powerful man in sports, the great Lee Fitting of ESPN, joins us. My boss, my liege, my savior, how are you? You must be looking for better games of that intro. I've never heard anything <laughs> like that in my life. One thing I do is I'm a good introducer. Like, I should be hired to introduce people. You should just introduce and then shut up. <laughs> Kyle, put cut that one off and put that in our in our That's file. a promo. That's a promo. There's no question that'll be a promo. All right, boss man, what are we doing? Like, what what are we doing? Selection Sunday, big show all day, right? After all the championships that we have, yeah. And then what do we got with this marathon? What's doing? We're doing we're doing 24 hours of straight bracket talk from Monday evening to Tuesday evening. And the, the goal here is, is, A, to inform people of the brackets, to drive people to play the ESPN Tournament Challenge on ESPN.com. But more importantly, and most importantly, it's to entertain. And sort of our mission here is the weirder, the wackier, the crazier, the more fried, the better here. And uh, we're going to have every voice imaginable on throughout the 24 hours. Um, you know, Frank Caliendo, Brent Musburger, the Bear Chris Felica, you know, then, then the guys you're going to expect on there, the, the Greenbergs, the Williams, the Billis, the Lenardis, the Vitels, uh, and our man Dockett's running our touchscreen, sort of running our election coverage touchscreen uh, control point here. But it's going to be it, – the, the goal is it is to be fun and at the same time to inform people of the brackets. Hey, I can get weird now. I, mean, I like if, weird. If we really want to get weird, I can get. I've, I have, there's pictures somewhere of some weird stuff, but I don't want to. You're, you're weird though, and everyone else is weird. It's a little different. Like you're weird, <laughs> sort of. Like my job becomes a little bit in jeopardy. <laughs> Which, when you're 80, gives you good stories. It does. It gives me good <laughs> stories right now. But I, you know, I want to keep my job at the same time. I do too. Um, can I wear a baseball cap? Because if I'm on a touch screen, that means that the big sausage in behind me, the big catcher's mitt that I have, you know, uh, or can I sell the space on my head? You, you can't. You know, it's a good question. You can try to sell the space and see what we get. Yeah. No weed. There's no weed. You need, you need something on the dome. I mean, that, that hairline has been backpedaling for years, and I just cannot bear to look at that for 24 straight. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want to put Chico's Bail Bonds or Eater Joe's on my head and sell it or wear my Cubs hat because I'm looking at a touchscreen. I think I'm going to be turned around, which means full back head, which is an embarrassment to everybody, including my family. So yeah, hey. we, need, we need something. For, we may, you know what we may do? We may put different rugs on you right. over the course of the 24 hours. Right. Rug me up. I, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all good with it. So let's backpedal. Let's start from, um, let's start from Sunday, Sunday, uh, games on ESPN, obviously. And then the lead up and all the shows building up to the release of the bracket, yeah, correct? The games in the afternoon and it's a traditional Sunday schedule. Like we've had in the years past sports center will come on at five thirty, six o'clock and we're on opposite of CBS revealing the brackets. And then seven to nine, and then nine to eleven are our, our traditional bracketology shows, and those are a little more nuts and bolts as opposed to the Monday Tuesday wackiness. 
Again, brackets come out. People want to hear picks. They want to hear insight. They want to hear analysis. And then Monday afternoon and Monday evening to Tuesday evening, things get weird. Oh, man, that sounds like uh, that sounds like what I used to tell people in college. Look, we're going to be serious, watch a game till about 10 at night. And then from about 10 till 4 the next afternoon, things are going to get weird. And then it was always a pretty good time. So what made you come up with this? Because you are the inventor of this. You know, it was, it was sort of a uh, – you know, I want to say rip off, but rip off in a good way of the fantasy football marathon that that folks here did in August, leading up to the fantasy football drafts on ESPN.com. And we said, you know, that was such a big success. We said, what else is similar to that, and how else can we drive people to ESPN.com? And this is just a natural fit, right? The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, people are so hungry for bracket talk leading up to the Thursday games. We said we're talking brackets most of the time, so why don't we make a stunt of it? You know, we're going to have sets in Bristol, sets in Los Angeles, sets in Las Vegas, uh, you know, which will be great. We're going to have Kenny Maine and uh, Vital and Farnham and Adam Amin out in Vegas, which will be great. Somebody told me Stanford Steve was involved in this, too. He was texting us after the game on uh, Saturday. Yeah, if, you, if you're at Vegas, Stanford has to be there, and the Bear will be in Bristol. So we'll have your boys everywhere. See what a great time! All right, let me go. Let me let me get some college basketball insight. Those of you that don't know, we're talking to Lee Fitting. He's the head of everything in the history of ESPN uh, college sports. All right, you were at Duke, Carolina, I assume, uh, with the game day crew. What do you think of Duke and Carolina? How good are they? I, I, I was on my couch with my boys for oh, Duke, Carolina. All right, uh, but we Same watched question. every second of it. Same uh, question. You've been all right. You're running the game day stuff. Who's any good? Help us out here. You know, Villanova is still impressive to me. Uh, it's funny. My boys asked me the other night, who do I like in the Final Four, which is, which is impossible to, to say without seeing the bracketing. But I like Villanova. I like the Zags. I love West Virginia if they can score enough. I love their style. I like Huggy in the big games. Uh, Kansas, I still have question marks about too many close games. I think if you're going to you know, be asked to win four or five close games in the tournament, that scares me. Carolina still scares me some. Something about them. I don't know what it is. Like, it's just don't – I feel like they don't have it yet. Uh, but the Zags I like, Villanova I like, West Virginia sort of like in that second to third tier team I like. I like UCLA. But they, they're like Carolina. They scare me a little bit. You know, but if you're asking me for two locks for the Final Four, I'm sort of going Zags and Villanova right now. You know, it's interesting because the Zags and Villanova are probably the two least known teams. That's right. You know, because we see Kansas all the time. We see Duke, North Carolina. We see these teams. You know, we see them all the time. Let me ask you a question that after Dana O'Neill's article came out, I got asked this on my radio show, and the article was about Huggins. And my perspective is different. You know, I talked about Huggins dropping F-bombs on his players and blah, 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 blah. From a media perspective, why is a guy I, – I got I, – I, Lee, I must have gotten 20 – quick emails when I started talking about Huggins in this article. Why do some guys, why are some guys beloved for dropping F-bombs, being really tough on players, and I'm talking about from a media perspective now, and other guys are abusive and beraters and that kind of stuff. From your perspective, why is that? It's the, I think it's the perception of the coaches, you know, before they do that, right? It's just, it's human nature. You know, some people... Again, there's no, there's no straight answer to that. I wish I had an answer, and it's a great point, and it's a great topic of conversation. And you're absolutely right. Some guys do it, and they're looked at as the devil, and other guys do it, and they're looked at, you know, they're embraced, right? Yep. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's just maybe it's the way they handle themselves in the public. Like, to me, Huggy's a character and a good character. That's that's my take on him. I love Huggy. And the, and the best line I've heard about Bob Huggins was from Doug Collins, the former NBA coach. He said, Bob Huggins is the smartest guy he's ever met. Really? Which is unbelievable. Yeah, right? really. Yeah. An unbelievable coach, Doug Collins, as respected as anyone, said Bob Huggins is the smartest guy he's ever met. And I don't think the casual fan knows that, right? They see Huggy Bear, the pullover, the way he carries himself. They'd never think that. But back to your original point, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a great point. It's, uh, you know, it's sort of the same, the same way we talk about, you know, if a player pushed someone, shoved them, some people would call them hard-nosed player gritty. And then there's a Grayson Allen type, they do it, and they call him a punk, right? It's sort of, it's, you see that stuff in all walks of life. Let me ask you another question that we have talked about today. And, and I don't – look, I understand why uh, Coach Izzo did it. I was actually texting with him last night a little bit. Um, what is your thought on what Tom said about, you know what, no one's promoting our league, the Big Ten, that type of thing? It, where are you at with that from a media side? You know, it's crazy, and it, it's normal, and we hear it all the time. We hear it from the Big 12. We hear it from the SEC. Is that right? Oh yeah. yeah, like it just. It's I didn't just know that. Sort of what happens, and again, Big Ten. We're not promoting the Big Ten. Like I don't. I don't get even what that means, right? If you had three teams in the top ten or three teams in the top five, more people would talk about you, and that's the end of the story. Like promoting the league. Like I don't. I don't get what that means. What do they want us to do? One of the things I said was, look at the coaches' poll. Okay, it's not the media; it's the coaches. Okay, the coaches don't have anybody any respect for the Big Ten. You, you know what I mean in terms of who they're voting for. So, you know, what what conference are we promoting? I don't know. I you know apparently, and here's something else that I read last night. I started looking at this, and people, you know, I, th- I think Tom said in the middle of it, hey, um, you know, Bill Walton talks about the conference of champions. They're going to get three teams in. That's, that's it. Right. They're going to get three. Now they're good teams. And they all have a chance, but that—that's what they're going to get in. They're going to get three, I, maybe a fourth. I don't know, but but three if nobody upsets in the tournament. Big Ten's going to get six or seven per usual. So I, I was, I was a little confused. I was perplexed. Let's you know, we Dan, I've been at ESPN for over twenty years, and I've been in the college sports space for fifteen of those years, and sort of oversee college game. They produce college game. They oversee you know all the college sports. Not once. In my career, have I been told to do X, Y, or Z for a certain conference? Right. Like you've yeah, never told me to do anything. See, it's because they got a million teams in the top twenty-five. Right. Same thing with college football. I promoted in the SEC. Well, they got a bunch of good teams. People don't say that they were promoting the SEC during college basketball season. Right. It's so contradictive. And let me ask you a question here, Dan. If, we, yeah. if I were to ask you, pick one conference and you have to put a grand on it, best bet to get multiple teams in the Final Four, who are you taking? Well, I'm taking the ACC. Over the Pac-12? I think so. I think the, but, but I will say this. When you were talking about your teams, and I said to you earlier in this interview that those are two teams you know nobody knows maybe the least about, the team that I like out of the Pac-12 is Oregon. I think Oregon is a really good basketball team, a really mature basketball team. I'm going to say... Uh, because I just feel like watching those teams play, those teams in the ACC, they hold up against almost anything, the high-end teams. So Uh, Florida State is a chance? You think Florida State is a chance? No. 
I think Duke, Carolina. I, I love Duke. I like Duke more than most people. After you guys put me on the game at Notre Dame, I'm watching them thinking, wait a second here. You know, if they play that way, if they play around Kennard and around Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen's got to be healthy. Uh, and I love Louisville. Uh, Louisville healthy, I really like. I think that, like West Virginia, uh, Virginia has a certain style. But that style, when you score in the 50s, Lee, the, you know, me, you, Kyle, uh, the two interns over here can all score in the 50s. You know what I mean? you got to be able to score in the 80s to, to eliminate a lot of teams. It's, it's an interesting question, yeah, though. it is, though. Really if interesting. You take, so say you, I'm going to give you Carolina, Louisville, and Duke. And I'll take Arizona, Oregon, and UCLA. Mm. Mm. Right, that, that's a that's a that's a probably close to an even bet in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. No, look, and again, I think I think you know we've all seen and heard so much about UCLA and Arizona, uh, Lonzo Ball, all that kind of stuff. But I, I look, I'm looking at Dylan Brooks and that team, thinking, wait a second here. No, I I don't disagree with you. Now I just dismissed the Florida State. And that's not right, you know. what I mean, you should. And I just dismissed a Virginia, and that's that's not right. That's just, you know, us talking. No, I'm with you. But, like Florida State, to me, if they get hot and they get to the eight, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, I agree. I'll I, tell you what. I was watching the Duke Carolina game with my boys, and they're eleven and they're eight, and they were talking. I said, guys, if you could have one player to sort of model your game after, I love Luke Kennard. I love the way he plays. I think Luke Kennard. I have him as the first team All American, but I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know that this played out. Jason Tatum, to me, I'm looking at all these guys. And, and again, I had a chance to do a game with Van Gundy, so he, we, we, we talked about this ad nauseum. We talked a lot about this. Jason Tatum, to me, might be the number one pick in the draft. Now, I'm not saying he is. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he is, and I'm not saying that he should be. I'm just saying I'm watching him talent-wise, and I'm thinking, wait a second, two years after the draft, let's say he, he's going to come out this year, he gets drafted next year, two years into the NBA, I'm going to be really curious which of these guys is the best, and I'm not going to be surprised if it's Jason Tatum. I think he's that good. He's got some dude in him, too. Yeah, I he love does. He's got some fire to him. Yeah. No, hey, look, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. All right, let me ask you another question because you brought this up off air, and if you don't want to answer it, don't. Um, I'm watching a game the other day, uh, Louisville or uh, Duke and Carolina, and I'm thinking to myself, and I text Dan Schulman, I said, man, you guys are really good. You guys are, you know, UJ, Maria, everybody's really good. And so just for the hell of it, I went on Twitter and I kind of w- went to Billis's, you know, the responses, you know, his name and all that. And, and, and I knew this was going to happen. Oh, so biased, so this, so that. Everybody's biased. You shouldn't be allowed to do a game. I get it all the time at Indiana. I'm either too hard or too soft. What's from your side, from management side? What, what, what's your stance on that kind of thing? I have never had that issue with Jay Billis in yeah. all my years of work. Right. It's the same thing with Kirk Herbstreet. Right. Like, they, they call it like it is. And the same thing you do. You call it like it is. That's just such an easy out for sophomoric fans, right? That's an easy thing to say a homer. I think those guys almost sort of side on the opposite side of that. But that is never an issue. I mean, never, ever, ever an issue with, with Billis or, or any of our other guys of that sort. It's never been. Like people say, well, you know, you, you, you must really care when Indiana loses at Iowa. I said, you know how much I care? I go across the street with – our crew, I, I get a sandwich, I have a beer, and I go to bed. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it's it's interesting, but that is because of social media. That's what you get. You know, if you, like I said, okay, you know, I got a daughter that goes to Indiana, so am I supposed to be nice to Indiana? You know, I, my mom, 
Went to Indiana State. Am I supposed to be nice if I do an Indiana? I mean, it's 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 interesting to me though, because that is such an easy thing to just go to for everybody, anybody. Doesn't matter. It's the same thing with Herb Street and Ohio State in college football. They yeah. think the same exact thing. And again, I've been around Kirk when he's bashed Ohio State, when he's picked against Ohio State, when he's picked Michigan to beat Ohio State. And it's the same thing with Jay. Like it's crazy. People are just they're out of their minds. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That might be a promo too. That uh, they are. They're completely out of their minds. You believe that? You believe as we move through Leaf Fitting joins us, Four Winds Lakeside Inn and Marina Hotline. You believe um, when we get to Selection Sunday, do you think there will be any major surprises? Like, you know, I don't even know what that would be. Like, I'll give you one since we're talking on Indianapolis radio. Let's say Indiana beats Iowa, loses the next round. Indiana makes tournament. That major surprise based on who they beat in the non-conference season. Yeah, it's one of those things you can raise your eyebrows out. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, the bubble to me is just, I've lost so much interest in that end of the bracket that to me, if a team gets in or doesn't get in, to me, it's a whatever. Right. And is Indiana one of the best 60 whatever teams in the country? Probably. Would I put them in and like to see them in? Probably. Uh, you know, my thing is more the seating at the top. And the guys on game day had an interesting discussion on Saturday. You know, the seeding and the way the pods work and they move, you know, team to seed line up or down is really interesting to me. I just don't get why they don't just seed the top 64 teams from 1 to 64, bracket them, and then put them where they think they should play. Like, I don't think they take that serious enough. And maybe I'm crazy there, but this is like a serious business. Bracket them from 1 to 64 and go play the games. Let me throw something out to you. And Lee Fitting, who runs ESPN College Sports, is nice enough to join us. You think Vegas should do it? What if Vegas did it? That's two different questions. Do you think Vegas should do it, and what if Vegas did it? But what no, if Vegas I, did I don't, it? I don't think Vegas should do it. Who I think should do it are X amount of hardcore basketball guys is who I think should do it. You know, guys that watch all the time. Yeah. And, again, I think, you know, Mark Hollis, who's running the committee this year, I have the utmost respect for Mark, uh, and I think he's, he's going to lead a group of people that are going to do an unbelievable job. He's smart. He's, uh, he's forward-thinking. He's, uh, you know, he, he's sort of one of the right guys to run that committee. And, again, what he did during the season with unveiling the top 16 teams, I think that's great. The more transparent you can be, the better. But I think it needs, you know, all-on basketball people on that committee. Let me ask you about that, and I'm going to let you go. I'm keeping way too much of your time, but this is interesting to me. Why does transparency help? Isn't there, isn't there a little bit to – and one of the things that helped the NCAA term – I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'm not 1,000% sure where I stand on it, but why does transparency help? Why, why isn't there a little shroud of mystery that helps as well? Well, I think there always is going to be a shroud of mystery. Yeah. Regardless of how transparent you are, but transparency is real and people like real. The first two years of the college football playoff – uh, Jeff Long, you know, ran that committee, and he was on every week with Reese on Tuesday nights after the reveal of the, the uh, standings. And he couldn't have been any more transparent. And people appreciate that, right? What are we looking at? How are we ranking teams? Why is one team over another? And he would answer it, and there was no BS. And I think people respect that. And was there still mystery? Absolutely. Did we ever get the answer year one? You know, why Baylor and TCU were left out? Kind of, but there's still some mystery there. So I think there's always going to be mystery there. But people want to know what's going on and how you're looking at teams. I liked it, but by the end of the night it was useless. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think Butler lost, somebody else lost, like three of the top 16 teams, you know, lost. I thought it created interest, but I thought by the end of it, you know, you just throw it yeah. away. But what it does, Dan, is, you know, college basketball is in a spot now where the sport needs any buzz it can get. Yeah. Right? Rate, ratings are, you know, we're, we're ratings challenged from time to time on the sport. So anything that can bring buzz to college basketball, I'm in favor of. Yeah, Tell you what, the Duke Carolina game rated unbelievably well Saturday night. Got like a 2.5 overnight rating. And what's even more amazing is UCLA, who uh, hosted Washington State at 10:30 Eastern after that game, rated like a 1.25. Yeah, which is great. Which for 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 your listeners out yeah. there, most games are getting 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, 0.5. Yeah, we may... but people are really. My point being is, people are really intrigued by UCLA, and on Saturday nights, people want their hoop. The week before, Gonzaga played BYU in a 10:30 game on ESPN and got a one rating. We're getting games during the week that don't get a one. It's just it's interesting. People are sort of thirsty for college uh, basketball right now, and that's a good sign. You uh, is the concern obviously then because college basketball popular Thanksgiving with the tournaments, people go to sleep on it and now wake up to it. Yeah, it's just, you know, I hate saying it, and yeah. I'm not an advocate of it, but it's turned into a, a one- or two-month sport yeah. recently. And we we, we got to solve that. we got to figure that out. But it's, uh, you know, the, the biggest issue is the players leaving. You know, if you ask Joe Fan how many players can you name, they, he probably can't name more than five players. Just yeah. can't. When we were kids, you could name the starting five for top 25 teams. And you knew who was coming back, who was leaving. I mean, we have that discussion all the time. Like guys like, you know, hell, Glenn Robinson stayed three years, I think. I mean, you know, I had two years at Purdue and a year of sitting out. I mean, the guy, you know, this thing, Cal Cheney stayed four for people here in our area, which would not happen now. And, hey, man, I've taken up way too much of your time. I look forward to seeing you uh, this weekend and having some fun. Thanks. You got it. Something to chew on today, uh, you know, the rest of your day here. Why not move some of the, the weaker conference games to November and December and save some of the sexy non-conference games for post-college football in January and February when people are really watching. Interesting. Why not? I don't know. Because we've always done it that way. But Billis and I have talked about that, and I think it would do wonders for the sport. Give it some thought. Let me know what you think. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for coming on. All right, brother. Be good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's our friend Lee Fitting. He is in charge of all of college sports. On the Four Winds Lakeside in Anne Marina. Holly's a great dude. Young guy, too. Uh, we'll come back to interesting blank conversation.